I always tell other people to fix their their stuff before we begin, but I didn't today. I didn't today, and that's okay. All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, and founder and creator of not only Just Alive TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Can Network. Today, we're going to be talking about what is your superpower, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Our sponsor for today is the Phoenix Identity, who helps you identify your superpower through your identity and finding out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Today, my guest co-host is Adele King, and I will hand it over to her momentarily, but please go like, follow, and share the show. Sign up for our newsletter at justalivetv.com and connect. We're always looking for guest speakers, guest co-hosts, guest bloggers, and of course, feature topics. So Adele, I'll hand it over for you to introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Um, my name is Adele King. I am a business coach working with female entrepreneurs um, to help them tap into their brilliance, their unique gift in the world, which is why I'm so excited about our topic for today of um, what is your superpower. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to dive right in. Absolutely. And for anybody catching the live or watching the replay, you can connect with either myself or Adele in the links in the description. Both of us are linked below and yeah, you can connect and reach out that way or you can comment live, whichever one. Um, all right, Adele, let's get started. So I, I was very excited for this episode as well, because I think that as individual beings, and again, you know, identity coach, so it's, I always have to go with individuality, but as individuals, we have things that we're better at and things that maybe we're not so great at. And I think for you and I in particular, especially is we found what we're good at. We found what we excel at, what we're really good at. And we focused on that. I don't think enough people, especially enough young people, and as you get older, there isn't so much of a focus on who are you, what, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses, what do you like, what are your thoughts on that? I have two different sides. Like one is I have a background in education. And so from the school perspective, I feel like there's not enough acknowledgement and encouragement of young people to identify what their strengths are to develop those strengths. I think that becomes um, relegated to home life and extracurriculars and and independent exploration rather than being something that's nurtured and um, fostered in schools, which is one of my like challenges with the, the world of schools and why I pulled away from teaching. Um, and then on the other side, I feel like in the world of business and dealing with adults, sometimes they don't know what their strengths are and, the, and they're still like functioning from that place. And I think sometimes it's the other side of, of things where people have so many different interests, like they're very multi-passionate. They have a lot of strengths and talents and abilities, and they don't necessarily know how to focus it, how to channel it. Um, like in, in, entrepreneurship, it tends to be the niche conversation of like, well, what do I do? I want to do all of these things and I don't want to commit to one thing. Um, and so I think it can go either side of that, right? It's like, what, 
first of all, identifying like, what are your superpowers? What are your gifts, your talents? What is your area of brilliance and genius? And then if it is many areas, how do you, how do you wrangle that in, in a way that's like focused and productive um, without having to give up the things that you love? Absolutely. So going, starting with kids, let's, let's even just, like I said, start with kids here is when we're in school, because you, you have that educational background, I would love to create a program for teens on how to identify who they are. Yeah. Right. And I've noticed a lot of workplaces in the last few years that are, instead of focusing on the specific skill set that they need, they're focusing on the skill set of their employees. Um, they still obviously need to fill that role or fill that position. But what they're doing is when you get hired into the company, they're like, they go through the interview process and they know what your skills are. And in the midst of that, they will put you in a position where you are utilizing your skills, embracing your skills, building on your skills, and really bringing transformation not only to, you, to yourself, but for the company that you're in by being a part of those skills. I don't know how many women I've even interviewed on the show that have, um, you know, taken raises and promotions and, and grown in their corporate jobs only to realize that that's not what they wanted. They wanted, they liked that entry level where, where they were doing what they truly, truly enjoyed. And mm -hmm. I think we've, we've grown out of that. Now you mentioned business coaching. So I just started a business coaching and this isn't a promotion, but I just started a business coaching company because business, even for coaches, especially for coaches right now, it's become one size fits all. And mm -hmm. I'm a size 18. I'll, I'll fully admit that I'm, my belly is a size 18. Um, but I go and try on a size 18 pair of pants and none of them are going to fit me properly because my legs are either going to be too skinny or I don't have a butt or, you know, and there's all of this, right. And, yeah. but even in, even in, in any way, shape or form for society, it's one size fits all right? It's, you have to be this size, or you have to be this way, or you have to, you know, have these skill sets and go through that. And it's like, but why? But why? Well, and I think in the same way that saying like, I'm a size 18. Well, what does that mean? Because every brand is going to be cut different is going to be a, a different size. It's like, are you a size 18? Right? Like, it's like, you can label it that in the same way that um, you can label, I, th I think there's like this when you give something a label, it like confines it to something. It defines it in a certain way. And I think the same thing is true, whether you're talking about your personality, about, um, I think a lot of times things that are actually capacities get labeled as like disabilities or problematic behavior. And then we don't, we don't think about them the same way. We don't look at them the same way. And so I think that relates to what you're saying in the, in the businesses and the companies, like people get promoted into these different areas that are like, Oh, you could do this, like go here rather than like really honing in on what, what is the, the talent there and what is the, where's the joy, right? Like, I think that part gets overlooked so much too. 
Um, so I think being aware of the labels that we use and give to certain things is really important and, and noticing when we do how where we do have labels, like if you've already applied a label to yourself in any way, looking at it and being like, okay, well, what does that mean actually for me? How does that apply to me? And, and if you flip it like the other direction, then what, what's right about it? What are the capacities there? Um, how could you be using that to your advantage in a way that you might not have noticed because it's within this box of a label? one of our viewers, Ghost Floof. Hello, Ghost Floof. Um, me as a therapist, wishing I can go back to being a social worker. Many more people to work with, sure, but was easier. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Um, to, to further expand on, on particularly entrepreneurs, right, um, is with the one-size-fits-all model. I don't know how many coaches or business coaches that I've seen who are teaching their model or teaching the model that works for them or teaching, you know, and that's great. Absolutely. It's great. There are multiple people who do benefit from that model, but there's a lot who don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've created, that's why I created mine. Right. Because it was like, what's your model? What, what is your business look like? What's your superpower? How do we build that into your marketing and your branding and all of this? Yeah. Without it being about what worked for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think I, I call it bright, shiny object syndrome. And yeah. what you're referring to is like one size fits all is like people go around and there's, there are so many coaches that are like, well, this is my model and this, this is what worked for me. And therefore it will work for you because it worked for these client testimonials. And it, it works for a certain type of person, a certain type of business, and people don't really evaluate and recognize that for themselves. So and, and it's really hard. Like there are things that I can do for clients that, and for people that I work with that I can't necessarily do for myself. That's why I, I have my own business coaches, you know, um, because we all have our blind spots, especially when it comes to ourself and our own. Um, I think what happens is a lot of time it, it comes so naturally to us, the things that we're actually like the best at and that are the most like valuable to other people that we can contribute the most. And so we don't really get that that's an area of brilliance or that that might be valuable. And I think that that's um, particularly true among women. And, and I know like there's a lot of talk now about imposter syndrome, which is not a term I particularly resonate with, but I know there's a lot of that around right now. And, um, or just like that, that lack of self-confidence, lack of self-worth in, in bringing value and providing value and, and receiving, um, receiving accolades, receiving contribution back for that. Um, so I think it's, it's, it can be really challenging to identify that and, and see where those blind spots are. So, um, I think people go and, and they're seeking outside of themselves for something that's going to be the right fit and not necessarily seeing what's going to be the right fit for me, what's going to work for me, you know? So I think it's really amazing to find those people who can reflect that back um yeah and that goes yeah. hand in hand with the superpower right is what is your superpower as we do need to identify what our strengths are and what we're maybe not great at i can't stand social media marketing <laughs> i can't stand it and when i tried to do it everybody else's way it just wouldn't work for me everybody processes things differently we yeah you can have identical twins going through the identical situation and both of them take something completely different from it right 
is because it's individuality. We are all unique individuals. So while I can say, oh, hey, you know, I found what makes me successful. That's my superpower, right? Like I tapped into my superpower and, you know, my power center and everything else, depending on what area or aspect you want to go. And I created a business that reflected that, reflected my gift. And, you know, when I first started the show, one of my weaknesses is I have massive stage fright. I would take oh, probably about 50, I would do 50 takes. If I pre-record a video, I do like 50 takes. And even then I don't like it. I would do a hundred selfies and I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I can stand this one. But now I can do a TikTok and first try because I started a show and it just, it became natural for me. So all of the things that over time I've put off, I can now go back to and say, oh, okay, I'm ready to, to record all of my courses and I'm ready to do this and I'm ready to do that because I finally tapped into it. It's not only doing my superpower, but I'm now tapped into that superpower and able to work on the things that maybe I wasn't so great at. Um, you mentioned imposter syndrome. We did an episode on imposter syndrome and I loved it. Um, but at the same time, I think the biggest thing, there's two variations of imposter syndrome. Number one is not feeling worthy, right? We talked, when we did the episode on imposter syndrome, it was your self-worth. That was the mm -hmm. imposter syndrome, right? The limiting beliefs, the self-worth, all of that. But there's also another imposter syndrome, and that is trying to emulate or create yourself or your business or your marketing or whatever it is that you do, your life on somebody else's model yeah and that doesn't work that that is a recipe for disaster yeah and I think that's where alignment like I you know alignment is another cat buzzword these days but I think that that that's kind of the antidote to that right it's like finding your own way what finding what's true for you and I think what you said is really important is like it's not always the thing that seems so obvious like in my marketing I've I've struggled with that myself where I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm on Facebook, therefore I should do Facebook marketing, but it's really hard for me. It ends up like really becoming distracting and taking over my whole day. And I'm like, this can't possibly be productive for my business. <laughs> um, so, cause I'm not getting anything else done. Whereas like connecting with people and having conversations and speaking because I'm really care about what I do and the world that that can create. Um, you kind of like just started to touch on it, but it's like when people get to show up in their brilliance and what they love to do, like I used to say this all the time, like just imagine what the world would be like if people just all loved what they did and shared their brilliance, like how different that would be rather than that, like drudgery nine to five. And I think that's one of the gifts of COVID is that people are really reevaluating, like, how do I want to spend my life? What do I want to be doing? Where do I want to be? It's not just about the money or getting ahead. It's like really that quality of life question. Like, what am I doing with my time? Um, so that's, that's my own, like ideal, my idealistic view of the world. But I, I just think it's so it's so important and it makes such a difference. And so I, I think that conversation of finding what that is, I think sometimes it's, it can be really scary for people or it feels like it, 
um, like too challenging to like take that time out and figure out what that is. But, but when you think about like what that can create, not just for yourself and your life, but like in the world as a whole, um, it's, it's something that like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I find when you tap, I I love everything that you just said. We do have a comment. Uh, you're probably overestimating what's going against you and underestimating what's within you. Brianna Weist said that. Um, and ghost floof was, was doing or sharing that quote that it, it, that's absolutely true, right? We, you talked about, you know, the quality of life and, you know, some people are happy doing the nine to five grind because the nine to five grind, you leave work at home (laughs) or you leave work at work. I love that. I, I worked for Canada post and it was, I would go to work, do my job. And then I'd come home. There was no in between. It was just literally work and and home. As an entrepreneur, I don't get that. (laughs) We don't get that. It's home. Um, But trying to fit into that mold, a lot of business coaches nowadays will talk about, you know, being a seven-figure earner, a six-figure earner. And when you start to create your own, you know, you're starting to create your own business you're questioning that that's the drive, right? We all, we all want to make tons of money, but if you actually sit back and ask yourself and go, you know, do I really need that? Is that really what I'm striving for? That might not be the answer, right? Some people might be happy making, you know, 50, 70, a hundred thousand a year rather than multi six and seven figures. Yeah. It's not, that's not the right thing for everybody as well. I think that's, I think that's so key. And I, I, um, one of my favorite games is this game where you play, it's called like, I, you can have that. And it's like two people going back and forth. And one is just going through all the things that they desire in their life. And the other person just goes, you can have that. And I love that. Cause it's, I do believe we live in an abundant world. You can have, if you can conceive of it, if you can think of it, it's there for you. And it's super important to note, right? Like not everybody wants the same things. And that's part of why it's abundant because we don't all, if we all wanted exactly the same thing, that would make it a lot more challenging for it to deliver. And even then I believe the world is abundant. We could all have it. But but that's part of the beauty is we don't all want the same thing. It's not, again, it's not one size fits all. And so one of my like taglines is whatever you desire, whatever that looks like for you you can have that. And it's so, it's so beautiful that people want different things. You know, I have one friend who wanted a pickup truck and a farm when she grew up, another one who wants to have a large plot of land where she can have her family all there, like a huge compound. And I'm like, that's beautiful. Like family is super important to her. You know, I just think it's, you know, I want a castle. <laughs> like everybody wants something different. And that's so great. You sent me the link to the castles, didn't you? Somebody sent me a link to castles because I want the uh, like I have multi-million dreams and that's like my house, right? It d- doesn't even have to be over a million dollars. I just, I want a house that's big enough for, I have four children and I want to have like my own house within the house. Like yeah. if I have my room and my office, but my like both of my sons in the basement, you know, where they have like, it's their own apartment, but down there, right. They don't have to move out. They got their own apartment. They just stay there. And then my older two, right. And 
I love the thought of that. That's what I want, right? I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey. I want to change the world, but I'm doing stuff to have that (laughs) and I I can have it. And I'm, and I'm building towards it, which is great. But at the same time, that's not maybe my husband's dream. He's like, I don't want a big house. And I'm like, why not? I'll hire somebody to clean it. We'll be good. Right. Um, But at the same time, so it's working through that as well. We have super, my superpower is conversation. That is one of my number. I have multiple, which is, you were talking about multi-passionate entrepreneurs. I have six businesses. And the reason that I have six businesses is because I am psychotically multi-passionate and well, not psychotically, I'm insanely multi-passionate and I love what I do, but the basis for everything that I'm doing comes down to my superpower. And that is helping others. That's opening conversations. That's opening avenues of thought, of change, of resources, of all of the things that I have the capability and the understanding to, excuse me, to share to whoever needs it. Yeah. It's connecting with people like Adele, people like you, who, you know, have visions and have things that they can help people learn. And, and that's, that's the dream. It doesn't mean we, you know, not everybody is going to be able, I started the show and it's, I'm booked until October now. And I have people going, oh, I'm starting a talk show. And I'm just like, you know, great for you. But number one, good luck. (laughs) Number two, um, are you sure this is what you want? (laughs) It's a lot of work, but I, I don't find it work. Right. When you tap into that superpower, it's not work. You're, right. you're feeding, you're feeding your soul. You're feeding your mindset. You're feeding your body and you're, you're feeding every aspect of yourself with doing that work because it's your superpower. It's, it's like being recharged. And it, yeah, I was going to say it energizes you. It's like play. Um, so you come out stronger and better and, I used to, I used to read tarot cards like years ago at the New York Renaissance fair with my mom, uh, all in garb. Um, and a lot of the, like one of the main topics that readings are about is relationships. And, you know, I mean, a lot nowadays, I think a lot of people know the book, uh, about filling your bucket. And I think it's the same thing with, it's the same with anything. You need to find that thing that fills you up and then give from the overflow, not from depletion. Cause that's how you end up like burnt out. If you're depleting and depleting and depleting and depleting to give and to be of service in a way that doesn't also fill you up and feed you. Um, it, it doesn't actually end up serving anybody because at the end of the day, you have nothing left to give. You have nothing left for yourself. So finding that thing that, that intrinsically, nurtures you and nourishes you, I think is so key. Um, and then you get to give from this, this overflow, this exuberance, this joy and expression of your soul of who you are. Um, so I think that's, I think that's such a beautiful place to be. I'm like blown away that you have six businesses. That's amazing. (laughs) I'll share them. And the only reason I share them is because they all come down to the same thing. Okay. So I'm an identity coach. I take people through a Phoenix journey because the journey of the Phoenix is amazing. And it is literally a a Phoenix identity, which sponsored this episode. Um, 
basically what it is, is we burn to metaphorically burn to the ground, whatever's not working. And whether that's your life, your relationship, your business, anything I do, I work with, you know, individuals, couples, families, groups in that sphere. And it's just burning down to the ground. What doesn't work, claiming the fact that you are your individual self and recreating. Yeah. Right. And the second one, I'm a spiritual teacher. I deal with newbies who are just awakening to their spiritual gifts and abilities because I am a psychic, intuitive medium and empath. So yeah. Um, when you said tarot cards, I'm like, hi. (laughs) Um, but again, it's people who are new into it and maybe aren't feeling that confident and don't, you know, aren't feeling it right. Everything comes down to that superpower. I'm like you, I help people find their superpowers, whether that's through business, spiritually, um, individually through identity, whatever that looks like, because, um, even the show. So the show is one of my businesses. I have women supporting women can, and it's again, just connecting people to what they need in that moment, whether that's a ray of hope, whether that is, you know, sunlight in the dark, whether that is, you know, understanding that it's okay not to be okay. Right. Everything comes down to me wanting to help people. And that's what I do. And that's, yeah, six, six businesses. It's quite interesting. They all do different things though. So I've, and that's why I created the sixth business, which is the business coaching, because I found a way for them all to work. Instead of having to niche down and say, oh, I'm only focusing on one of my passions, I can focus on all of them. And I found a way for me to make them all work at the same time, which is shocking. And I don't think anybody else is doing that. So, hi. (laughs) I think it's interesting as you're talking, I'm like listening and I'm I'm thinking about and I'm thinking about a taxi ride that I took an Uber ride in San Francisco a while, like years ago. And I was having a conversation with the driver and he's like, Oh, well, what do you do? And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm working on writing some books and I teach workshops and I teach preschool. Like I was like, he was like, Oh my God, how do you do all these things? And I like, I was like, Oh, I don't really think anything of it. And then I was, as you were talking, I'm like, yes, I'm focused on my business on business coaching, but I also am like, helping my mom publish a book and doing the back end of her business. And like, you know, so it's as your time, like, okay, I do a lot. I just don't consider them like a full fledged business, but I do a lot of different things that could be businesses. Um, And I think that's the thing, right? Like, again, this idea of like how it has to look, how it has to show up, like that it has to be a certain way in order for us to like give it this label or, or not give it this label or, you know, how we define things or how we think about them and how we think about ourselves, right. How we, how we present that to other people um, is, is so interesting, right. You know, um, yeah, it's something I, I have to confess, like I'm notoriously hard on myself. I know there's, you know, I'm not alone in that. Um, but yeah, I definitely downplay a lot of stuff, which is, has been kind of my inner healing journey is to really own, right? Like even once you identify your gifts, like then really owning them and, and, uh, going back to that idea of seeing the value in it, um, and and being willing to then share those gifts in a way that that is is productive, I think is really important too. Yeah. Um, and a whole other journey. We know we know from being spiritual when 
you know, we do want praise. I remember, and, and one of my memories popped up and that was, I think I was between the ages of eight and 12 and I went to my, my mother's friend was babysitting me and I went there and I'm like, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. And I asked for something to eat and drink. And I remember getting in trouble and being told that when I went to other people's houses, I wasn't allowed to ask for, to eat anything or drink anything. And I'm like, why not? Like, I mean, obviously if I'm doing it all the time, the whole time I'm there, obviously, but like, if I'm genuinely thirsty or I'm genuinely hungry, should I not ask for what I want? And I think that goes for our superpowers as well, because if we're not getting what, what we need, whether that be, you know, our ability to have self-expression, our ability to plan the way that we want things to look, the ability to be doing multiple things and not feeling like their work because we're just doing that, right? The ability to say, hey, this is what works for me. I love your method, but but it's not good for me, right? Um, and there's so many instances as, as we age, especially when we're kids, that we're told not to embrace, you know, being like the downplay, right? We're, we're told don't brag don't boast, don't, you know, be overly confident. As women, we're taught, oh, don't, you know, um, there's a TikTok floating around where don't be intelligent around men or some something like that. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, here we go again. Um, but why not, right? If we're not doing it with the intention of boasting or the intention of putting anybody else down or making anybody feel the wrong way, why can't we? I think even if you are, I think that's something like, A, okay, A, I think there's a lot of things in this reality that are the opposite of how they should be. And it's like, like, I don't know, like, why, why not be proud of yourself? Why not shout it from the sure. rooftop? Like, if you're not willing to do it, how is anybody else going to, and, and that's the thing is like, if you are not, if you, like, when you have a judgment of yourself, if even if you are getting praise from other people, you're not going to hear it. It's not going to like land. So I, I think it's like so important to build ourselves up, to build each other up, to, to have that pride in our, in ourselves and our abilities and, and to be able to share it. And I'm not saying like, yeah, there's like bragging, right? Where it's like, you're just doing where there's a way of bragging where you're doing it to like belittle other people, you know, like to one up on other people. You don't have. Right. So that to me, that's not what I'm talking about, but I think being proud, taking pride in yourself, in your work, in, in how you show up in the world, in, in who you are. Right. Like, I think that that's super important and everybody should have that. Um, and that comes from acknowledging ourselves, from receiving that acknowledgement from others. Um, and I, yeah, I'm with you. I, why, why is that wrong? <laughs> I don't have it. I don't like. Exactly. Right. You know. There, we did yeah. an episode yesterday. Uh, so yesterday's episode was how to be young and successful. And the young man that I interviewed, 19, oldest of 11 children, um, has his own business, 
graduated college, has his own business, and just bought his first house. That's amazing. At 19. And I'm like, why are you not screaming this from the rooftop? Like, I... I was so excited to do the episode because I wanted to brag for him. I wanted to show, like, I was, I'm not even his mother and I'm super proud of him because he, he learned who he was. He learned what worked for him and he did it. He made it happen. He still has massive amounts of goals, which are great, but he's working towards them using his own superpower. And so we have a comment from Ghost Loof. Honestly, I believe people are losing the ability to differentiate someone stating who they are and having pride versus boasting against others. That's what these vids nowadays prove. Absolutely. There's, and it's the intention. It's literally the, the only difference is the intention behind it. Well, and the thing is, if you're bragging in that way, that is to put other people down there, that's not actual pride. There's like actually an insecurity underneath that because somebody who is actually good with themselves does not need to put anybody else down. That's like, you would never need to do that. If you were actually feeling good about yourself, you're going to want to rise, raise other people up with you. So that's a really good indicator. If somebody's trying to tear somebody down, that's not actually pride. Yeah. (laughs) That's something else altogether. I completely agree. Yeah. I, it is, it's sad how often we don't support and encourage each other to, you know, identify and just really build on those superpowers. Yeah. My internet went a little bit wonky there for a minute. Um, Was that yours? I had a zoom meeting freeze yesterday. I was like, Oh no. I have been having the, I don't know what's going on with my computer, but it's like, I get these massive system interrupts and then everything like just takes forever. Um, This week I'm calling everything Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. There is gloating out of your achievement than there is bragging out of ignorance as they say. Yeah, absolutely. I you know what? I'm absolutely proud of myself. I found my superpowers and I ran with them. And you know what? Even running with them, it was like, oh, well, you met, you made a comment earlier, um, Adele, on, you know, when you're not feeling aligned, because you do need to feel aligned, whether that's spiritual, you know, the, the actual meaning behind being aligned is being aligned to yourself. It's being aligned to your purpose, your drive, your strengths, your weaknesses, knowing who you are, embracing and loving every aspect of yourself, right? Even the good, the bad, and the ugly, who cares, right? It's all perception. But knowing who you are, what you want, and, and how you want to go about doing it, and then taking those actions. Um, we talked about marketing, right? Because I can't stand marketing. I would go to post and, and again, six businesses. I've been, I've been in business for six years with two of them. And those aren't anywhere near where I wanted them to be. They're getting there now, <laughs> but they weren't because I wouldn't post. I got so upset and most of my interviewees, uh, for the pre-screening interviews, most of my guests have heard me tell the story is uh, when I first started, I was taught, you know, tell your story to sell, use your story to sell, use it to sell, make sure you're adding a CTA and everything, uh, call to action for anybody who doesn't know what that is. 
um, put a call to action in anything. So every time I wanted to go and share value, even in these videos, I still, still to, to this day will say this isn't a promotion because I don't want to be promoting all the time. I don't want to be, I don't want you to feel like I'm constantly trying to sell to you. And that's what, that's what the coaching space made me feel. So instead of learning how it worked for me, sorry, my nose is itchy. Um, it's like, I got a hair on my nose or something. Um, instead of working for me and figuring out what, you know, what I enjoyed doing, I wouldn't do anything right. Instead of creating activity and creating that space for learning, I would just stop. When I think, I think that's, that's the thing that's so hard when you have a model in front of you is that you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it kind of creates this like blinder filter where you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but then you don't want to be doing it. So you're reacting to it, but it doesn't allow you to like, all you see is the, what you think you should be doing and then what you don't want to be doing and all of the discomfort and like inauthenticity and everything in between that makes you separate from that or resist that, which like, again, creates this like blinder filter. So you can't actually even get to what is true for you and what you want to be doing or what would work for you because you're, it takes so much energy, like this thing going on over here that isn't true for you, that it, it takes a while to be able to like, okay, I'm just going to put this down and now like what's actually available. Right. But we, it's like, if, if we're told that this works and it feels like it doesn't work for us and we, you know, somewhere we like intuitively know that's not the right thing, but, but then we're like, but it's, you know, like I've been told it works. I see it working for other people. And yet it's like, it's not working for me. So like, there's this, I think like a tug of war of like, do I put more energy in and make it work? Like if I, if I just try harder, does it work? Or, you know, or do I find somebody else and, and then follow what they do and try that thing? So it, it takes it takes a lot of um, courage, I think, to actually like sit with yourself and figure out what is true for you. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean reinventing the wheel, right? Like once you identify that, then you may go and find and connect the people who have done it before you that can like show you the easy, the fast way but you have to know what that is for you first. Um, and, and sometimes that can take, that can be really scary. It can take a lot of courage to, to get to that point where you're willing to even look at what that is. So. Um, I want to clarify something and I, and I don't think I've clarified it on here yet. Quickly ghost floof. Um, he says, which reminds me, I need to shave my mustache. The tickles are killing me because of my, my itchy nose. Um, what about just trimming it? I'm not saying you have to do either or, um, I'm just saying, you know, instead of shaving it, if you want to keep the mustache, you can just trim it, but it's just, I don't know what you look like. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, I like to give people, uh, you know, different opportunities. So I am a very analytical person. So I, when I take, and I'm, I'm going to talk about our sponsor, which is of course my company today. Um, when I tell people that I'm taking them through the a Phoenix journey, right? And we're going to get rid of everything that's not working. We're going to reclaim your identity and recreate. It's not actually that 
it's in depth. Absolutely. But it's not, we're not changing your entire life. We're not changing your partner. We're not changing your children. We're not changing where you live. We're not changing your career. We're not changing anything unless you decide to change it. Um, what we're doing is we're shifting your, your perceptions. We're shifting the way that you look at things. So if something's not working for you, understanding why it's not working and maybe shifting how you look at it, maybe shifting how it interacts in your life or how you interact with it. Um, limiting beliefs, it's shifting those. Trauma, shifting those, right? Every traumatic event we've experienced or every, every negative experience, thought, or belief we've ever had can be shifted into a positive by sh shifting your perspective, right? Instead of it happening to you, it's actually happening for you. And just even mildly shifting that perspective and saying, you know, I absolutely struggled with um being the center of attention and stage fright yet i started my own talk show because i shifted it right i'm like i'm never going to get better this is what i want to do okay i wasn't ready before i'm ready now and it was just even shifting out of that i'm i have stage fright to i'm letting this go i don't need this anymore it's time to shift into something new Right. Yeah. And, and taking those steps. It was removing the fear. That's really what it is. Um, I'm not bothered. Gray Fox. That's lazy as all massive beard and mustache. Thanks for the thoughtfulness, but yeah, nothing serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, you're super and so many people have a different superpower, you know, look at, and, and I'm going to say this, look at Robin Williams. Robin Williams was one of the most hilarious down to earth you know you can't most i can't i i can't think of him without smiling and wanting just to wrap him in a hug he was that friend next door that was always comical right that was his superpower his superpower was making people feel safe happy and laugh right but for him he didn't feel those things right there's our superpower isn't always you know like we'll show our superpower at times but at other times we're still struggling so i want to caution everybody just because you find your superpower and you're living into that superpower it is still very easy to get caught up in your own mind and not be happy right you may still not be happy. Well, and I think a lot of times um, our superpower, like the thing that we can help other people with, we may actually struggle with ourselves. Um, and, and I think that that's really typical, like in the case of Robin Williams, where he can make everybody else around him happy and yet he wasn't feeling it, right? Um, I think that that is often so common. Um, and a lot of times it, you see it where people are teaching what they've already come through, right? And I think sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes people are still struggling with it, but they can help other people with that same thing that they're struggling with. Well, and that can be very like perplexing when you're in it. Um, but it doesn't make it any less valuable that you can help other people with that, even if you're not there, you know? When, 
when I first started coaching, um, I was going through stuff with my then 13 year old son. Um, he was going through, excuse me, a very hard time um, as an individual, as you know, within his own identity. At that same time, um, Chris Cornell and Chester Bedingfield had committed suicide. And two of the most powerful musicians, you, you heard it, you, you, you can't listen to one of their songs without hearing the, the emotional power behind them, right? And again, their songs helped a lot of people out of massive depression and out of, you know, everything, but they were still struggling. And you're right, that is, right? Our superpowers sometimes, not for all, but but sometimes we are stuck. And I find a lot of professionals, a, a lot of high profile individuals, coaches, musicians, actor, actresses, you know, people in the media, in politics are hiding behind this, this mask. And I'm, uh, we're going to be getting into that one next Thursday, a week from today, <laughs> the, the executive mask episode. Um, but a lot of times that can happen is you tap into your superpower, but again, you're not happy. And, and I, and I love that you agreed with that. Not that I needed, needed that, but I love that you agreed to that because it, that is, has to be one of the most damaging things is as coaches, as entrepreneurs, as individuals, even if you work a nine to five, doesn't matter, but everybody has the ability to tap into their superpower and help others. I caution you all. And I really beg you all to work on yourself first. I'm not saying you can't do those businesses. Absolutely. I, you know, we're all learning and growing. We're never going to be a hundred percent. We're always a work in progress, but you know, don't forget to put yourself first too. Don't forget to always continue working on yourself. If you're not happy, ask for help. If you are having trouble identifying what your superpower is, ask for help. If you are feeling desperate in any way, shape or form, ask for help. Yeah. There is no shame in asking for help. None. None. Yeah. So important. Just don't message me and ask me for money. I've had that um, there was something you said I'm trying to remember oh I know so yeah you were saying about the mask and I think yes people hide hide it well but it's also and this is not like very unique or original but like comparing our behind the scenes to people's polished you know Instagram life or or public life it is like comparing apples to oranges and we have to remember that we're not seeing the whole picture um right like usually what's behind the camera maybe a whole like just a whole different story so you never know you never know what's going on for people and just comparison in general i think the quote is like comparison is the thief of joy um and it's so true like Focusing on what you can do today in this moment to move you forward. Once you know like what your target is, what that dream is for you, like just looking at what can I do today, right now, what is the highest and best use of my time in this moment? And then 
following those steps and keeping your eyes on that, not even the outcome, right? Like, yes, be aware of, are those steps taking you in the direction that you want to go, right? Like don't walk down the wrong path, but just in every moment, it's like in the moment, in the present that you have power to create your life and to change the trajectory of your life. So if things haven't been going in the way that you want them to look at, like, what can I do now to change that trajectory? And if you are in that trajectory of moving towards what you want, great. Like, what else can I do? What else can I do? How can I, what can I do right now in this moment to move me forward to what I want? Um, Cause that's where we have power. And, and that's really the only place that we can, you know, like, worrying, um, there's a Lao Tzu quote that's, um, if you're depressed, you're in the past and I'm not going to say it correctly, but the concept is if you're depressed, you're in the past, if you're anxious or worrying, you're in the future. And when you're in the present, that's where you're at peace. So noticing if you're feeling depressed, is there somewhere that you're lingering in the past or, or regrets that you actually can't do much about because it's in the past? Um, or are you worrying about things in the future that may never actually occur or show up the way that you're worrying that they will? And in either case, looking at, okay, if if there's something in the past that I don't feel good about, how can I handle that in the present? Is it making amends? Is it making different choices? Whatever it is that is going on right now, how can you handle how it's showing up in, in the present from whatever occurred in the past. And maybe it's learning how, how to let it go and put it behind you. So whatever that is finding what you can do in the present. And then same thing, if you're worrying or anxious about something in the future, say if it's financial or relationship wise, like whatever the situation is looking at, okay, what can I do in this moment to address that? So it doesn't occur, or if it does occur, I'm prepared for it in the future. I feel like I just went on some weird tangent. I don't know what, who that was for, but that's for me. Life lessons. I totally love it. And that's, you know what? I absolutely love that quote. I've, I haven't heard it and I absolutely love it because it's part of what I do. Right. I love that because it is what's in the past can be changed. The, you can't change what's happened, but you can change your perspective on it you can change your emotional response to it you know if you are depressed because of something in the past you're you're still emotionally connected to that yeah right depression is us taking the emotions and beliefs from something that's happened or transpired and bringing that to the present right and you can change that by changing how you look at it right um i was bullied I'm just using it as an example. I was, I've, I've been bullied and not bullied. I wasn't, I wasn't excessively bullied, but um, let's say I'm, you know, uh, late teens, early twenties, I was bullied in my, in my youth and I've brought that forward. And it's like, okay, I can hold on to the pain of being bullied. Right. Or I can look at it and go, I survived that right? I survived high school. Yeah. I get the choice of whether I'm going to be bullied any further. I get the choice of whether I am what they called me. I have that choice, right? And it's changing and realizing that you had the strength to actually go through that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm all about changing your perspective of your past, right? Because you can't change what's gone on. You can never change what actually happened, but you can change the way you think about it. You can change the way you think about it. And I think there, there's, um, there's a powerful work that I've started doing, uh, for myself and with clients, um, that comes from Christian Michelson called the peace process. And, it's basically based on feeling your feelings. And I think a lot of times we don't know what to do with feelings because we're not taught how to feel our feelings. Um, And you said before, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to feel your feelings. And, and so by learning how to do that, how to feel your feelings, I found it so empowering. I feel like unstoppable after I like move through a feeling because I'm like, exactly you said, like I survived that now I don't have to be at the effect of it. And I, I've always found it so fascinating how you can have two different people who go through the same experience, the same circumstances there. I'm always like blown away by the things that people experience and come through and come out of and go on to like do amazing, wonderful things. And so it's always fascinated me how people can go through similar experiences and one can be completely um, deflated or victimized or stopped by it. And the other can go in complete, like be completely empowered and driven by it. And I, I find that so again, fascinating and, and certainly inspiring when people take that and use it as fuel to drive them further forward, faster. That's, that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about that. I've been through a lot. And I've been, you know, I was molested as a child. I was raised by a narcissistic parent. Um, And I'm not talking about the empath narcissist connection. I'm truly, I believe she's an undiagnosed narcissist. Um, Refuses to take any responsibility for their actions um, unless it either makes them look like the victim or the savior. Um, There is no in between. And, you know, I've been homeless. I, you know, I've been... I was, you know, a sex worker at one point. I, I've done many different things and had many different experiences. I've, you know, cleaned up blood from, from somebody getting um, bottled. And I've had a lot of experience growing up, but through all of them, they never brought me down. I, I never let them bring me down. I just kept going. I kept going and I, and I kept learning and I kept embracing the fact that I am who I am. I can't control everybody else, but I can control me. I can control what I choose to do, what I choose not to do. I can control how these affect me um, or impact me. Speaking of from um, the a Phoenix identity, I'm going to link in the description of this video um, a link to my Embrace Your Positivity Guide. And what that is, is it an actually it's a guide to help you sit with those emotions. It's it's a guide to help you not allow them to keep you in a victim mentality, but in essence, help you learn how to control them rather than them controlling you. Because a victim mentality is you've now you're now stuck. You're stuck in believing that you are continually a victim when you're not. Um, you are a victim at the moment you've been victimized after that moment, it's your choice, which is an unpopular opinion. I have an even more unpopular opinion, but I'm going to keep it to myself for now. (laughs) 
I don't think we have time for that. (laughs) I just don't think we have time for me to like go into it to a point where it doesn't sound just like horrible. So happy to talk about it. If anybody really wants to know, they can hunt me down. I don't want to know. Adele, you can't do that to me. Okay. So I was, I I lived a not sheltered life, but I, I was not exposed to, I like, I grew up in a wonderful family. I was not abused or molested or raped. And then I moved to San Francisco and it was like, everybody I talked to was like, had some story of abuse. And I was like, what the fuck is going, excuse my life. Like, but what is going on that like so many people have experienced like horrible things. And it's not like I lit, like my mama is, I read all these books about child abuse when I was going through middle school and she was like, what are you doing? And and I just was like, what is literally what is going on? How does this occur? Now I'm not speaking about as a child because I, I can't speak to that. That's not what I'm talking about here, but I, I ended up in a situation where I could tell it was like watching a train come at me and I was standing on the tracks. I was like, Oh, I'm going to like create this because I, genuinely was so curious like how this is occurring and again like I don't I I don't I don't feel fully capable of speaking to this and so I very unpopular opinion I I could be putting my foot in my mouth right now and I accept that but I I ended up like dating in a way that was bringing me down a really bad path to the point at which I ultimately like tapped out for two years I was like I'm gonna end up in a ditch but but I ended up on a date and I, at the end of that date was like, that was not consensual sex. Like I've, I asked this guy to leave. I like, I ended up basically being like, Can, do we, if we just go through with it, like, will you leave then? Like I couldn't get this guy out of my apartment, but in looking back on it, a, I'm so lucky. And I accept, I like, I definitely am so grateful to be a very, very lucky person, but I could also see so many micro choices that I made where I had to like ignore my awareness in order to get to that situation where this guy was in my apartment on top of me, not taking no for an answer. Um, And so that, that's kind of my perspective is like how, like, the the choices, the micro choices and the, the cutting off of our awareness to put ourselves in a situation. I believe we are infinite beings with infinite awareness and infinite choice. Um, and we create our own experience and we choose our own experience. Why we choose them in the way that we choose them, only we know. Um, but I do feel that we 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 do make our choices and we create our own uh, and it may be from past lives. It may be like, again, I don't know why, but I do believe we, we choose our, uh, we create our own reality. Um, and, and so that was my experience. And again, I'm only speak and I have so much, it's not, um, it's not like a blaming the victim sort of thing. Like I have so much compassion and so much love. And I, 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 yeah, I I, that's that. just, that was my experience. So I actually say that all the time. So I'm going to get to that in a minute. So um, we have a couple of ghost floof uh, comments. So there is no I such like thing. I just said all, all of that. Uh, there is no such thing as a stupid question. You're just stupid if you don't ask a question. I don't like calling anybody stupid anyway. Um, I believe we have stupid behaviors, but no, none of us are actually stupid. Um, 
Was not a weird tangent. Adele is wise and mature. That's rare nowadays. Few just few just understand those words is all. Uh, life experience makes you awesome, even though we had to go through hell to get it. Absolutely. I want to know to spill it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, you so I am going to comment on that. So being very analytical, I am a connect the dots person. So if you put a connect the dots in front of me, of your life, I would be able to tell you what choices and what beliefs created what outcome. So we all do have choices. So he says a person that does not agree with the you always have a choice statement are simply not aware of their choices. Absolutely. You do always have a choice. Now, here's the thing. 95% of our life is or 90%, 95% of our reality is based entirely on our decisions. Whether that is whether whether that is a lack of decision or a conscious decision or a subconscious decision, it doesn't matter. 95% of our life is based on our beliefs of who we are and the decisions that we make based on that. Um, if we are, and, and again, there is no victim shaming because you don't understand it. It is an unconscious pattern. It is an unconscious pattern. When we make those decisions, if we don't feel worthy, we are going to make decisions based on our unworthiness and call in people who don't find our worth. Right. If now on the flip side of that, that 5%, That's what we can't control. We can't control the thoughts, the actions, the beliefs, or anything else to do with another person. We cannot control their actions. If we say no and they continue, we can't control that. That is the moment of victimization. Opening your door to let them in. Once that's happened, you are no longer a victim. Potentially, depending on the situation. Now, with domestic violence, totally different because there, there's a whole nother story in that. Um, but again, it, it's I agree with you. It isn't victim shaming, but we can't control that 5%. The other 95% is what we control. And that is, you know, do I take the subway? Do I take the dark alley? Do I take, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, it's like, so when I say like in retrospect, it was like, I chose to take the bus instead of my car. I chose to let him give me a ride home. Like there were so many, like I chose to have that extra drink. I knew I shouldn't have had. There were so many of those kind of choices because I was focused on, oh, he's cute or whatever it was. Like, you know, like it wasn't, I wasn't looking at the full picture. I wasn't being fully aware of because in the same way that there were micro choices that led to that, I'm sure there were micro signs that were like, don't, this is not a good, this is not going to end well. Right. And I think it's that where we put our attention in the same way. And the, the date that I finally tapped out of dating, I, there was a guy and I was like, oh, he's so cute and he's French and he's well-dressed. And my, my best friend at the time was like, can't you tell he's got stuff? And I was like, no, it's going to be amazing. And she was like, good luck. And he was like, oh, I just got out of jail for two months for threatening to kill my ex-fiance and myself. And I was like, okay, well, that stuff you were talking about, I'm going to back away slowly and then run. And I was like, I'm going to like literally end up in a ditch. My picker is off. 
I've like deluded myself. Um, and so that's what I'm saying. It's like in the same way that what I was talking about before with business, when you're thinking like, oh, I should be doing this and I can't even see what is true or would work for me. That's kind of where I was at with dating. I was like, this is like, this is great. And it was not at all. And I couldn't even see what was going on. So So it gave me a lot of information. So for anybody listening, when I say there's no victim shaming, and this is the reason why, is because just like your story, you were so emotionally invested in an outcome, right? You were so emotionally invested in yourself when we are in an unhappy place, and I'm assuming with your speed dating and, and everything you were experiencing over that two years, you were in a very unhappy place. You aren't picking up those signs, right? That's why people go to abusing drugs and abusing sex and abusing alcohol and, and any other form of abusing our bodies or our minds is when we're in an emotionally unhappy place, you don't see those signs, right? So those micro signs or those micro choices that led you to that point, you don't, it, it's unconscious. You don't know that you're making those choices. You don't know that you're calling in the wrong person because you're so focused on the fact that you're unhappy, you're going to do or say or behave in a way that is going to bring you even just an instant gratification of happiness. And I think it goes back to what you were saying before is like, if you notice you are in that place of emotional unhappiness or things are not working, take that time out to work on yourself, right? That's why I was like, I'm tapping out. I'm withdrawing. I'm going to take some time to work on me. And then after that, it led to an amazing relationship. So I think whether it's your business and finding your area of brilliance and your superpower or relationship, taking that time to connect with yourself and find out what's true for you to do the healing, to work through those emotions. Um, I think that's super important to, to take that time and to do that work. My apologies for the interruption. My cat. So not this one. I don't know if you can see this one, but the black cat that's over there is my kitten. And he has decided to take my bath mat and pull it under my door (laughs) and then just meow at it. Um, Because he's totally, that's that's the kitten of the family. He's totally weird. Um, Ghost floof. Uh, Truly sorry to hear Adele had to go through that. her awareness aside, there's far more expected of the term man today. I will always be ashamed of my own gender when it comes to that word. Um, thank you. He is a cute kitty too. <laughs> um, he's a pain in my ass though. Um, those experiences made you stronger and more aware of what it is that you were creating in your reality, right? And a lot of the times when we're going through those moments and those traumatic experience, it's a wake-up call, Right. Those are, hey, I'm not happy. I need to do something about it. Or, hey, this isn't where I should be going. I need to do something about it. And that's when you would, again, come to somebody like me who says, okay, let's find out what the actual problem is. Because there's something in there that's causing. Oh, I keep hiccuping. But that causes, I swear, the more I talk, the more I hiccup. Um, that causes that that initial reaction, right? So, 
what is it? Could it be a word, a thought, a belief, an experience, you know, something that you're holding on to unconsciously again, or subconsciously that is now seriously impacting your decisions. Well, and I want to say something about this. Um, I love quotes. There's a quote that says, if a plant isn't growing in a certain place, you don't blame the plant, like you move it. And this is from teaching, like, is a, is an important concept. Like a lot of times we see a kid struggling and we don't think about like, it's the environment It's environmental for me. I never had problems dating when I lived in New York and I haven't had problems dating, um, since I left San Francisco. So I do think sometimes it's important to really look at your environment too. Like as much as yes, we should work on ourselves and, and internal, it, that 5% when you're in an environment that's not conducive can be much larger than 5%, right? Like it, it, it exacerbates it. So being aware of that is really important too, because in this case, I was like, this is just not the place for me um, in this regard. I, so had that I, think that's- yeah. I actually had that experience myself with the location we lived on a beautiful acreage um, in Northern Alberta, and it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. You saw skyline everywhere and wildlife, and it, and it was beautiful, and it was wonderful to be there. But we had trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma after just emotional, physical, mental, um, energetic trauma at that location. And when we finally, I finally, we finally turned around and I said, listen, like, I feel like a butterfly trapped in a gilded cage. Like I, I love it. And I can, I hate it. I, I can't be here anymore. And we chose to, to move back to where we were born and raised. And the difference was, uh, don't get me wrong. I started my business in that period. I, you know, I changed, not changed. I recreated um, and retapped into my identity at that phase. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't have experienced those. So while it was traumatic and overwhelming, it still created where I am today. But environment is huge. The environment, the, the people that we were surrounding ourselves with, there was wonderful people, but the lifestyle wasn't the same, right? The, the focal points weren't the same. The ease and ability weren't there. Um, every great tragedy forms a fertile soul, soil in which a great recovery can take root and blossom, but only if you plant the seeds. Absolutely. Look at wildfires. Um, a seed cannot grow in stone. It requires fertile soil and water. Compassion is the soil where life grows. Absolutely. I love those. Some beautiful quotes. All right. Anything else you'd like to add before we get going? Much in the same way as when I first spoke, I feel like we could just talk forever, but no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> this has been so lovely. I'm really, really grateful to have this time and this space with you. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again because I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Oh, and um, you need to resend me the castle link because I think I looked at it for like a week and then, um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ghost Floof says in the market for a castle. <laughs> Ghost Floof says, "Aw, can't we talk for five more hours? This is fun." No, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean we probably could, but we we won't. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to. <laughs> um, well, I'll be back tomorrow though. If if you love me, I'll be back tomorrow, um, <laughs> and we will definitely have Adele back on uh, for another episode. All right. Um, well, just the family, this has been giving you something to talk about with today's episode. What is your superpower? If you would like to find out what your superpower is, or if you would like to connect to either myself or Adele, please do so through the links in the description. Please like and follow us on our social media accounts. Um, you can find just a live TV on just about every social media and podcasting platform. Uh, go and check us out there and please follow. The more follows we have, the more our show is viewed and the more places we can go live. We do need to build up our LinkedIn and TikTok. So if anybody is on LinkedIn and TikTok, please go follow Just a Live TV or me, Melissa Gratchler, either one, uh, but preferably Just a Live TV. Um, join our newsletter at justlivetv.com. And today's episode has been sponsored by a Phoenix Identity who loves to take you on a Phoenix journey just to make you happy. <laughs> That's the point of it all, right? Is to just, we just want to be happy. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much, Adele. Thank you so much. Thank you for creating this beautiful, beautiful show. Absolutely. Bye, ghost flu. <laughs> all right, just a family. This is Melissa Kretschler signing out. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.